This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice-looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. Where space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Review Show. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm here to guide you through our review of Palace's third game of the Premier League season. This time, it was a disappointing 2-1 defeat away to Watford at Vicarage Road. We'll run through all the key talking points, incidents and performances and look where the game was lost, as well as taking a look at your reactions too from social media. My panel tonight is DR Kernaz, Albert Curley and the debut for Darcy Hare. We'll be back after this short message. Love our podcast. Listen to our live radio show on Love Sport every Thursday, 7 till 9 p.m., 5, 5, 8 a.m., DAB Digital Radio and online, lovesportradio.com. Okay, welcome back after that short message. Uh, just a reminder for you before we get going, uh, the website, backofthenest.com, is now due in late September. Uh, there'll be all sorts of stuff on that, loads of ways for you to interact with us, including some video content. And... Talking of video content, DR, I've noticed you started to push for some fan reactions after games and stuff. Would you like to tell people a bit about that? Yeah. Um, so basically, after games, what we're trying to do is wherever you are in the world, so whether you're in America, outside Sellers, or even today outside Vicarage Road, just we want a minute or two of your time, just you know, quick match reactions, and then we'll post it on our social media accounts. That's what we're planning to do. So yeah, if you want to get in touch, you can DM us on DM us on Twitter, and we can help you uh, with any questions you've got. Thanks, mate. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be particularly long or anything like that. But just your instant reactions. A lot of us do. Um, some stuff like that for for BT Sport and the show. Um, so it's just you know it's it's uh, it's a just good way to get your views across and uh, spread our social media profile, isn't it? So that's what we do, isn't it? Now, dear, we're spreading our social media profiles. Yeah, we are. I don't know what sense. you want me to say about. It. <laughs> yeah, just, just make sure that's the only thing you're spreading. 
right. I'm just I'm just getting excited about uh, you know it's the future, isn't it? This internet. I think I finally decided that it's not going to be. It's not a flash in the pan. The internet's here to stay, and so I'm just enjoying our part in it. Uh, I'm just going to move on now, since um, I think I think there's something wrong with me today. Um, another reminder as well: we're doing the Palace for Life Foundation Marathon Walk. Uh, as I told you last week, my first training session was 259 steps. Been ramping up to 270 one day this week, guys. 270. Um, so I think I'm going to be ready by October the 13th to do this 26.2 miles. Can't be too many more steps than that. So that's just you've just allowed yourself over 10 steps per mile. Yeah, that's about right, isn't it? Yeah. So if you could, if you could do, if you could do, yeah, ten steps per mile, then you're all right. You're on course for your sort of, you know, what you've been getting in this week. It's gonna be easy, isn't it? It doesn't take very much time at all to do that many steps as well. You know, I never like to use the word easy, but straightforward. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Uh, there's a whole bunch of us doing it. Are you doing it, Albert? I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't signed up yet, but I am doing it. I'm going to sign up after the show. You can do it during the show. It's really or, easy. Or during the show, yeah. if you waffle on a bit. Well, that's, a, that's pretty much a guarantee, isn't it? Yeah, fair and, enough. And uh, D, you're doing it, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Initially, I wasn't going to, but um, it's for a good cause, so might as well, and it'll help me get fit as well. So, yeah. Exactly. It's it's for, obviously, raising money for all sorts of causes in South London that the Palace for Life Foundation work on. Do go to Palace for Life Foundation's website. You can use Google for that sort of thing with the old internet these days. Uh, have a look at that and <laughs> find out all the things they get up to. Um, I dare say we'll tweet a few links for you to sponsor us as well. That's what we really want, bottom line. Uh, sponsorship's been pretty slow. I think I've donated about around a quarter of our sponsorship so far. So, you know, I'm not trying to guilt you into it, but I'm thoroughly ashamed of our listeners so far. So get donating immediately. Uh, Darcy, we've not asked you to do it, so you've got away with it, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'll donate. Yeah, that seems fair. Donate money, time, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Just donate it. All right. Well, and I think that gives us a little bit of a opportunity to uh, to get an introduction in. So you would have heard the familiar tones of Mr. Albert Curley and Mr. Dr. Kerners uh, as part of my panel. But uh, Darcy Hare, your first time on the show. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so um, it's like we haven't spoken pre-show. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, who who are you? <laughs> and uh, why do you, why are you what are you yeah. doing what are you doing here? why are you talking to us because uh, uh, I'm Darcy I support Palace uh, we were doing the first games chat before and I I had to double check but I think it was 1989 was my first game um, and myself and my brother started supporting Palace because our mum told us it was our local team uh, which was sort of more or less right uh, and yeah I've been coming ever since 1989 so that's me. Fantastic. So, as in every year, season ticket every year? Uh, yeah, pretty much. There's one or two where I was just a member when I didn't make every game and you can kind of, you know, championship days, you can just rock up and buy a ticket and it's quite <laughs> easy. But, um, yeah, season tickets these days. So you can appreciate the full trauma of what was Trevor Francis. Yes, yeah, yeah. Peter, Peter Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so out of all of the time, because obviously, like myself, you've caught the the glory period right at the start of Steve Coppell era, finishing third in the top division. Yeah. Um, and then you've gone through an awful lot of pain. And then we're now here with our most successful ever run in the top division. 
but out of all of that, who's your favourite player? Uh, it's a bit boring, but I think I have to say Wilf Zaha. Um, <laughs> I was true. thinking back to my old favourite player. I'll give you Andy Gray. I used to love and like just for his general swagger and attitude on the pitch. Um, so yeah. yeah, him as well. Yeah, love Andy. I don't know if you remember the early days when we were called something else, where Andy phoned us up and uh, we didn't quite realise it was him. Got quite embarrassing, didn't it, Albert? There's plenty of swagger there, wasn't there? There's an awful lot of it, yeah. Uh, Good times. Anyway, thank you very much, Darcy. Very, very pleased to have you on the show. And, uh, yeah, look forward to your pearls of wisdom as we get going reviewing this match, unfortunately. So, look, it was a defeat. It was 2-1. And I suppose, I think ultimately, when you look at social media, um, the reactions online, it's it's everyone's pretty negative, pretty upset with the performance. A lot of uh, comments about substitutes, lots of those coming from me as well. So I was very frustrated during the game. Uh, it's been a few hours uh, since that initial pain. So we'll see if we can try and be a bit philosophical about it and not try and be too overly negative because, you know, let's face it, we don't want to spend the whole season moaning, do we? Uh, so <laughs> lineups we'll start with, as always, and the big question, and the question I'm going to start with Mr. D.R. Kernes, uh, AWB, Mr. Aaron Wambasaka, out suspended. Joel Ward comes in. Before the before the game uh, started, everyone was saying, great to have such a reliable uh, and quality player to come in. You know, our former first choice right back. How did he do? Um, I wouldn't say great, reliable. He, he's a decent backup. Uh, in the Premier League, I thought he done. You know, he he did decent. Uh, we I know his ability has dropped throughout the years, but yeah, he was he was a, he was a he was a good backup. And the main problem with all these crosses, um, letting in crosses too much. But today, I thought he was he was quite you know he was quite well. I don't know whether for the first goal it was you know does he have a fault in that? Um, but yeah, I know we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I thought he was all right. No, it's a good point you make that, you know, I've always I've picked on him a little bit for his inability to stop crosses. But um, I, like you, I noticed that that was uh, very much not the case this week. And it was a, certainly a positive first half performance from him. But as you say, um, he, he, you know, there was a, an element of fault for, excuse me, for both goals. Did you hear, did you hear me burp there? Yeah, it was... Might have to, might have to edit that out. <laughs> I didn't. And then you brought massive attention to it. Oh, so. because it was totally unexpected. It was during a word. I don't think that's ever happened to me before. Um, so, you know, let's keep that in. It's, it's real, isn't it? It, it happens. Um, sorry. Keeping it breezy. <laughs> Keeping it breezy, right. Um, I was just about to come to yourself on this one, Albert. So, you know, I'm saying, I think both the goals sort of come down his side, really. Um, and I know certainly early on as well, Pereira was giving him a bit of a hard time. Do you find yourself looking at that and thinking, you know, however... Solid world has been. Um, we've we've seen just the sheer brilliance of Juan Pesaka, and would would we have had those problems if he was playing? Uh, I think it's safe. It's, you know, it's safe to say that Juan Pesaka's quality, he's sort of you know his baseline quality is a is a more adept player than Joel Ward. Um, you know, he's he's got the pace to dig him out of the holes that Joel Ward might not have you know and find himself in so but you know having said that I don't think Joel Ward had a terrible game uh, I mean it certainly wasn't as bad as you know the the uh the same fixture last season I mean he was he had a mare he had an absolute mare 
in that game. We were talking about it on the preview show in the week. But I think, yeah, I think he's for the for the first goal. He's he's not done too much wrong. He, he you know he's not sort of he's not dived in. He's he's just been slightly turned, and you know, and it is a it is a wicked finish. Um, yeah, and I think so we'll, I'm not, I'm, I think we'll come to to the the full detail of it, but there's a fair few more mistakes than, than anything he's done in that before uh, before that shot gets away, isn't there? Yeah, completely. I mean, let's let's put it this way: Joel Ward didn't stick out as a as a negative for me today. No, not at all. And Darcy Ward's been a reliable servant for Palace. You know, one of our longest serving players, been an absolute trooper. Um, do you do you see? Do you see him dropping off like a lot of people have said in terms of just how effective he is, or you know? Or, or is he still a challenge for one percent? Yeah, I think. I mean, he's second choice now, isn't he? But um, and he's not as good as he he looked a few years ago. But I, I still think. I don't know. I thought he was all right today. He was playing probably their best player up against him, so that that was part of the difficulty. But also, he's 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 probably stronger and better in the air. So sometimes I thought, you know, Watford are quite a physical side, so there is something that he has probably a bit more than one Bissaka there that. Uh, yeah, you'd still rather start one with Zaka, but you know he did all right. Yeah, with a few I mean, crosses. there's that experience. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's that, there's that experience he's got as well, and obviously we can't sort of move on without mentioning the sort of last part of the game where he's unfortunately headed just wide, which would have uh, got us an undeserved point, I think. But um, no, you know, again, this is certainly not a witch hunt for Joel Ward, and I think. When you look at the options that were available at right back, we had to make that change clearly because it's a suspension. So, you know, the only other option was Martin Kelly. And that brings us on to what happened late on, DR, which was right before um, the game kicks off, James Tompkins, tight calf, withdrawn from the uh, withdrawn from the team. So Martin Kelly has to play. And all of a sudden, we don't really have an option at right back. I suppose the only other option at centre-back would have been to play Coyote there, like West Ham did a few times. But Kelly did pretty well as well, I thought. Yeah, he did. Um, considering that he was not meant to play until the last second, yeah, he was. He he, he did really well. Him and him and Wardy. You look at our defense; they're probably our weakest link. And it's it's it, it is a massive miss having uh, missing Tompkins there and Wan Bissaka both at the same time. But I thought overall defensively, especially in first half, we handled them pretty well and we were pretty much dominant because they they were lofting up balls and Sako and Kelly. They they didn't you know they didn't mess up and they kept the ball quite well and defended um, Dini and Andrew Gray quite well. But then yeah, as the game went on, the game a bit changed. But I don't think it was there for. I think it's mainly due to the midfield. To be fair, Albert, take it take it on from Dr's point. Obviously, we did as he quite rightly says we were pretty defensively strong in the first half. There wasn't too much uh, getting in behind us. But do you think that disruption to the the defense? Uh, had an impact overall in the game. I mean, certainly thinking about the confidence of the keeper, perhaps he's a bit different if he's got Tompkins and Sacco in front of him than Kelly and Sacco. Um, and certainly, you know, having two players come out of the, the defence and one in particular at the very last moment, do you think that had an, a, an impact? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to. I mean, it's hard to say really. In in the looking at the goals we conceded, you know, you can't see what James Tompkins instead of Martin Kelly is going to going to do in either of those scenarios you can't necessarily say it's a direct you know it's not a direct sort of action to Tompkins being out but you know uh, Monday night's game was the first game we'd lost that Tompkins and Sacco had started um, so to, 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 to lose 50% of that 
you know, really important pairing for us, coupled with our first choice right back being out. Yeah, probably, you know, just from all of a more sort of holistic general sense, it probably did disrupt things. But um, again, it wasn't like you can put your finger on it and say, oh, well, James Tompkins would have done this or James Tompkins would have done that. We'd have come away with a better result. But yeah, it's I, I can only imagine, you know, best laid plans. If, if you don't put your first team out, then it's, whether it's due to a suspension that you knew was going to happen or a last minute change, yeah, of course it's going to disrupt things. Yeah, sure. And I think, you know, this not ignore the fact that I think it was probably the overall, if you're looking at the game, it was probably the midfield where we, we looked perhaps the weakest. And we'll, we'll talk about the reasons for that a little bit later on. Um, but the, the first major incident in the game uh, could have been absolutely game-changing. You know, it, it, who knows what should have been. Should have absolutely should have been. Um, which is, you know, Wilf's just in sort of central midfield. Does well to battle with the ball, takes it away from... Uh, Kapure, who then just sort of just basically rakes the studs down his Achilles and it's nowhere near the ball. It's incredibly late. It's clearly done to hurt the player. Um, you know, what, what, what do you think of that, Darcy? You know, it's got to be a red card, right? Yeah, it's a red card. I've, yeah, it's just annoying. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, he jumps like off the ground. He's no, the ball's not there. It's the refs, like right next to it, watching it. The only thing I wondered is because it's five minutes, maybe that made a difference to whether he's going to give it or not. But I think that's a, that's a good point. It's an early early decision to make. But as you say, he's right next to it, so he's clearly got to have seen it. He's given a yellow, which means we we can't even appeal that. I suppose, you know, yet again, it's it's inconsistency, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's just really annoying. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can say about it. Just a bad decision. Um, I, yeah, I, I just I I don't really I know what you mean. I'm, I'm kind of lost for words on it in the sense that there's nothing you can do about it now. It was interesting to see Graham Souness's comments um, on, on the Sky coverage because he was absolutely raging and. I don't know if anyone who remembers Graham Souness playing, he wasn't shy of putting in a challenge like that himself. So it was it was perhaps a little bit rich, but you know he he was just he said either the referee the referee has either bottled it or essentially he's he's completely incompetent. But it's uh it, it's a bottle job really is is for me. Do you know, the obviously from from the stands it's 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 different. You don't get the you know appreciation of several different replays. But uh, how did people view that from the stands? Um. Well, I was quite. I was. I was at base at the front row, so I couldn't see pretty pretty well, like the midfield area. But yeah, I, it didn't look that bad from the stands. But now watching the replays, I I just don't understand it. The re- referee is right next to him, and to be fair, the referee was dis- he was an absolute disaster all game. Had no control, very inconsistent. So yeah, it the Premier League needs to look into it, and you know they've got I think new system anyways where they review the actual referees and hopefully they actual actually asking proper questions about that because that performance from the ref today was absolutely disaster. Well, well, but obviously he misses that and then moments later book Saha for winning the ball. Um, you know, I mean Anthony Taylor, we've got history with him. Um, I can remember some Bristol City matches, him refereeing when we had Warnock in charge, and I think well, that was, he was one of the. No, it might have been him or, or Bobby Madley, someone like that, where Warnock accused them of punching the air when Bristol City scored, that kind of stuff. But At least that's all he accused him of. 
I knew I shouldn't have said that when I was talking to you. Anyway, um, but I mean, obviously, it's a you know, it's a scandalous decision met with another scandalous decision. Um, but obviously, we've got no right of reply here. But you know, again, what? It's another, it's certainly another argument for VAR, isn't it? It is. It's, I mean, it's compl- it's frustrating because it's it all it's all part of a of a wider point and a wider sort of if you want to call it a tactic. You know, by Watford, they've come out in the week. Um, you know, the managers sort of had a dig at the player. All right, it's not you know it's nothing personal necessarily, but you know the managers directly commented commented on Wilf in his sort of pre game build up. Um, we all know what the Watford fans think of him. We all know that the. Watford players have a bit of a history of trying to duff him up and calling him a diver. And, you know, last season they managed to, you know, they achieved getting him booked for diving incorrectly. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's so, it's so glaringly obvious and it's such a, it's such a, you know, crass tactic that, you know, after four minutes they're trying to rip his Achilles tendon off and the referee doesn't do anything about it. And then, you know, uh, several minutes later, Wilf makes a, all right, maybe maybe it is a foul. It might be a foul. I don't think it is, but I could see why a ref might give it. But it's not a yellow card, certainly for a first offence. And again, he's just he's just had a potential career threatening, you know, tackle made on him and not and not seen the correct retribution. So to compound to compound the first decision with the second and showing him a yellow card, knowing that there's then what eight eighty odd minutes left of the game where you know they're just going to be trying to wind him up. Getting and I think it's Daryl Yanmat spends the rest of the first half in Wilf's ear, pretending that Wilf's caught him with an elbow and falling to the floor, then going back for another bit. Like it's you know it, and I know that you can say, well, it's, it's because he's a decent player. Of course, they're going to try and stuff him out. But you know, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's foul play, and it's um, you know it's not the first time it's happened. It's certainly not with that team. And the you know the, the officials have got to be a bit wiser to it. You know, do your homework and. I mean, the, the the first angle I saw on that, um, the Zaha, uh, sorry, the Kapuwe challenge, I thought that's not, oh, that doesn't look too bad. But that wasn't the that wasn't the angle that the referee had. And then I saw it from that angle. And I mean, like I say, Graham Souness was more upset about it than I was. You know, it's it's disgusting. And it doesn't matter if it's after four or five minutes or if it's the last, you know, last kick of the game. The, the correct action needs to be taken. Yeah, it's, it, no, it's, it's completely infuriating. It, it's game-changing. But as you... As you're basically uh, suggesting, it, it changes the whole attitude of, of Watford. It allows, like you say, we've put Wilf on the back foot because he gets a yellow card for nothing. So, like you say, he's got the rest of the game where they're not only they've got this sort of carte blanche to wind him up, but he has to sort of tread a tightrope as well. He can't, you know, chase down, you know, and put pressure on the defence like he wants to because he can't take that risk that he might accidentally catch someone a little bit late and, and, and take another yellow. You know, he can't play his natural game. So all of a sudden it's, you know, the two things that the referee has done, you know, allow allow a red card to go, challenge to go unpunished. Well, to get to get a yellow card, but it's effectively unpunished, but also to punish Will for very little. And it's it's culminated in making our most effective player ineffective. And it's handed Watford, it basically it rewards them for such cynical play. And they were terrible all game. I mean, I think this is probably why why it's quite so annoying, Darcy, to lose the game against Watford because it's how they play, it's how they yeah. approach the match. They're one of those nasty little teams. Yeah, and we'll get to it later. But like the time wasting and stuff as well, just yeah, <laughs> so annoying. But um, yeah, just a, a negative yeah. bunch. And um, oh dear, I'm sure the crowd were getting a little uh, 
angry at uh, Watford's antics as well. Yeah, can I can I swear? Um, yeah, Mikey can beep yeah, it. Yeah, everyone was ab- You're right, absolutely pissed off because it was it was just I couldn't believe it. You 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 know he gave Will for yellow card and all game long the Watford players were as uh, Darcy said um, time wasting. Um, they were all when when Wilf didn't have the ball and like he, I know he gave Yama a yellow card, but they were pushing Wilf about. Um, and just, his decisions were just so inconsistent. Palace would do something, and then Watford would do something even worse, and he wouldn't give a foul. I just couldn't believe it. And yeah, I, I have nothing else to say then apart from the Premier League needs to look into it, and he needs to get punished for that because I don't think it's all due to the referee. I think tactically at times we were. Bit a uh, bit out of place, but the referee did play a massive pl- part in the result today as well. Yeah, sure. I don't think we're we're blaming the referee for us losing the game. We managed to do that quite well on our own, but we certainly made it. He certainly made it easier for Watford to get away with what they were doing. Uh, but you know, look, first half we were the better side. I thought you know we, we dominated quite a lot of possession. We created the best chances. And when we start talking about chances, we have to talk about Christian Benteke. Two big chances from headers in that first half. Uh, and we'll talk about his performance in general if we can. But uh, Darcy, what's your view on Benteke? Obviously, last season, struggled for goals. Started this season, everyone thought, well, clean slate. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to get behind him after the sort of penalty thing at the end of last season. Made everyone kind of just put everything, all that negativity to bed. He's looked hungrier. He's looked, you know, a little bit sharper. But it hasn't taken long for the, for the knife to come out. So what's your view on him? Uh, yeah, I mean... I'd I'd probably still start him to be honest. It it is it's more difficult just the longer it goes again this season. You kind of thought start again, new season, scored in pre season, you know you you're expecting him to to sort of come back stronger. And he, I still think he has in some parts of his game, but uh yeah, you you think about it, he had a hit the bar at Fulham, he had a good chance, well, good header at Liverpool. Three chances today, um, and weirdly, I think maybe the the first one was the worst in terms of his attempt, um, and then the second and the thirds, which yeah, we'll get to it in the second half. But yeah, that that first one when it came across, it's quite poor. Really, well, yeah, cause as he, an effort, he's got but... Zaha coming in behind as well, which you think might have been the better option. But yeah, he's he's headed easily wide for that first chance. Obviously, the second, <clears throat> excuse me, that comes in. It's a good save from Foster, you got to say. Um, but but again, it's probably straight at him where you know Benteke firing all cylinders will find a a bottom or a top corner really, and just you know. And again, he, he come back to the, the. I remember when he scored against Leicester away last season. It was sort of a similar position that kind of went through. You know, yeah, it's just not going for him at the moment. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Actually, thinking back to that because he, Leicester he headed that down and it almost it almost bounced over the bar and kind of went down and up through the keeper and into the roof of the net. Uh, but you're right, those are the fine margins, you know. And again, as you point out, against Fulham, fine margins. Against Liverpool, very fine margins. But he's he's getting stick again and people are starting to say he looks slow today, he looks off the pace. DI, what was your thoughts of Benteke's performance overall? I thought his hold-up play was decent, but as a striker, you expect, you know, he had two massive chances, you expect him to finish that and he didn't. Overall, I've come to the conclusion that for Benteke to start scoring goals, as you saw today, both of the chances that were created, which Benteke nearly scored off from um, crosses. And when we did play uh, Wilf out wide in the, se- in the second half, um, and, you know, 
Um, my, oh, I lost my all my thought now. Yes. <laughs> well, that's staying in, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's your no, thought that we should cross more and play with. No, 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 yeah, yeah. I just think we should change our style of play. We should play out Wilf out wide more because century, like Wilf was silent all game long, apart from the fact when Maya came on and Wilf went out wide. And I think that helped Benteke as well because when Benteke, when Wilf was out wide and when we do actually cross the balls in, um, even in the first half, when we did actually cross the balls in, it was due to, it, that's how Benteke got his chances. But when we play, you know, Benteke central, and uh, Wilf alongside him, I don't think we have that width, and that's why he's not as effective as he as he is. So I think we need to play we need to play more of a four three three formation. Well, this uh, this is a, it's an interesting point. I was sort of half debating it earlier on, although I wasn't really in the mood, so I was debating it in one sentence stuff <laughs> to uh, Tom, who's been on the show, one of our newer people, um, who's been on one of the shows in uh, pre season. But uh, he was making the point that he's you know he's very much Zaha as a winger, and I'm saying that. He isn't. Zaha's a forward and he's got nine goals in 11 Premier League games and he's our best striker. So that's why he's playing up front. Um, but it's not that I don't see the point. I think if, if uh, so I can't remember who suggested it, it might have been someone in one of our chats or it might have been somewhere on social media. So someone pointed out that actually converting our formation during the game to a 4-3-3 and having Mayer in the team and having him as a player that's kind of off the striker, might work a lot better and allow Wilf that space to work out wide. Um, so I, I do see the sense in it, but at the same time, I, I don't think we're, we're looking at a system that's won us an awful lot of points. We're looking at a system that's allowed Wilf to be a real goal threat. And because we've lost, lost to Watford, people want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I understand that it's a system that doesn't get the best out of Benteke, but I'd perhaps rather see us drop Benteke and, and try someone else. Dio, you want to come back on that? So please do then get your views out. But... It's not only Benteke, he doesn't get the best out of Wilf as well. Uh, throughout the game, Wilf was pretty much silent um, where, until we changed and put Maya on and Wilf went out wide. I don't think it works when Wilf and Benteke are up front because we loft the balls to Benteke and we hope for the best and uh, it lands at, you know, lands at Wilf's feet, which it doesn't majority of the times. The only times I think Wilf up front will work is you know, when we had Townsend last season, I think that worked pretty well because we can actually play on the floor. So if we if you want to play Wilf up front, I think we should bring in Jordan Ayew. And like that, it worked because Jordan Ayew is not is not target man. You know, he can actually get the ball and dribble just like Wilf can. But when we play Benteke up front, it just doesn't work because Wilf doesn't get as much as the ball. And we saw that in the second half when we did actually bring on Maya and Wilf, we did see Wilf um, end up scoring a goal because he went out wide and he was he was more free there and actually yeah, got the ball. I, I do totally get that point. And, and I, what I will say uh, before I get over his view is that um, I, I think you're right in terms of Wilf is only going to work as a forward player if you're playing to you know playing to feet, working the ball through the midfield, you know, play, playing it to feet. What I think is relevant is that. Where I think we've been at fault this season on a, on a, in a couple of games, I think a spell where we played when we played Fulham, and certainly a spell uh, against Liverpool and, and again second half against Watford, is that we were too direct. I think sometimes the players, if, if things aren't quite going right, when you do have a target man, their their almost default position is to punt it up to him, 
whereas you want to you want to see us take a bit more risk with with passing, and we've done that under Roy. I just want, I suppose that's the point I'm making. Everyone's talking like we've got this massive problem, and we haven't. We've played really well with the system that Roy's put together, the majority of games that we've played. But I understand when people talk about getting the best out of players and it, playing in their natural positions, and then you get back to the debate. Well. You know, Townsend's left-footed, so he should play on the left. Zaha's right-footed, he should play on the right. You get into those sorts of debates as well. And it's sort of, everyone starts talking about it to get crosses to Benteke. Well, my point is, it might not be worth building a team around Benteke. I'd much sooner build a team around Zaha, and I don't know if you can do that with him playing out in the wing all the time. Albert, your views. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Tricky one, isn't it? Tricky one. Yeah, uh, it is, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's there's very good there's very good arguments, obviously, extremely good arguments for saying that you know Wilf should be out wide. Um, that's where he sort of made his name. Um, yeah, he has the beat. He can have the beating of any fullback, you know, in the league. He gets them one on one, and that essentially equates to more chances coming into the box, whether that's a cross or whether that's Wilf, you know, carrying the ball into the box himself and, you know, getting chopped down for a penalty or again, getting a, getting a ball across to hopefully a loitering Benteke. But, you know, he's, he's also potent up top. And if you're looking to, if you're looking to play on the counter attack and, you know, you're relying on Benteke to sort of come a bit deeper and be a bit of a battering ram and, and to turn a, turn a, uh, you know, a, a play into slipping a slipping a ball in and having someone pace you run onto it. You know, that's that, you know, there's there's big arguments for that as well because Wilf obviously has got the legs to just as we saw it, as we saw at Fulham just to just to run and just get past people and, and get a shot away. So there's definitely an argument for both. I think you know if we could get if I if I had to choose, yeah, I'd put Wilf out wide and and hopefully get more service into a, into Benteke who who would know that he is the focal point up the top of the pitch and he need, he needs to be getting into positions to you know anticipate balls coming in from Townsend or Zaha whoever or whoever it is that's playing out wide yeah for sure i mean it, like you say though it, it's a, it's a difficult one to you can never be 100% sure i mean i i i keep thinking to myself i'd like to see Serloff have a run of games and I know a lot of people are very negative on him but um, I'm trying not to say anything no I mean I know you don't you don't rate him right I've not seen anything that makes me you know again I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write him off I'm not gonna say he should never play again because you know I'm 
I'm quite vocal, you know, forgiving Benteke a sort of stay of execution and hoping that he comes good. But Christian Benteke has got a, you know, it's it's sort of a bit black and white now. But you know, it's, Christian Benteke has got a history of being capable of regularly scoring goals in this league. And I've said, but I've seen nothing from Surloff to to encourage me that you know he he could go on to similar things, even even half of those things. Um, Darcy, jump in there. Yeah, I'd just say if. If, if you want to give Venteke uh, a break, I think Jordan Ayew is the one who's shown that he can score in the Premier League. And for me, he's probably, I'd go to him first before Sorloff. I know Roy's been bringing Sorloff on, but yeah, I just think he, yeah, he's he got a track record of doing it before. So, Okay, uh, what do you say, Curtis? Yeah, I have to agree with Darcy there. Um, why not playing Ayew? Um, he, he could actually change up the game and we can change our style if, you know, today if we Put on Ayu instead of um, Serloff. I, I don't know Serloff didn't do that bad today. He was he was good in the air, but it just would have you know given a different test to Watford. I, I've, we need to see more of Ayu. He he has scored in the Premier League before, and it's been like three games now, and he still hasn't come on. I, I was looking for a comment while uh, we were talking there. I'm really sorry I couldn't find it because I can't give the person credit. But they uh, messaged in to say that uh, Serloff won four out of four headers after coming on the pitch. And Benteke had only won 40% of his aerial duels. And that's extremely unlike Christian Benteke to, to be losing out like that. Uh, just just, just a point of view. Uh, Albert? Yeah, I just wanted to tackle a similar point with DR. You know, and this isn't this isn't meant to sound as confrontational as it might. But, you know, yeah, Serloff won his, his, won his headers. But, you know... He's he's winning he's winning headers that Benteke normally wins, all right. Which okay, he didn't. I don't know how many that is, but forty percent of his aerial battles today he won. But people are, you know, the the, the stick that's used to beat Christian Benteke is well, his headers don't go anywhere, they don't lead to anything. You know, there's no one running onto it, or whatever. So that's used as a, as a stick to beat Christian Benteke with. But you know, the argument then, for, and I know it's, it's certainly this one. I've seen the comments on our Facebook page. You know, this the one the one argument is well, Serloff won all his headers, so you know he's 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 got more potential than Benteke. But again, they're not. I didn't see anything that was a you know he got his head to it. It, it wasn't a nice glance in flick on. It was just he got there first. So I, I I don't see. I think there's Christian Benteke's got a weight of expectation on him. Um, and yeah, he's not living up to it. I, you know, I get it. I, I you know I'm I'm not saying I'm happy with his scoring record, but it just seems to be that there is a, there is a certain a certain decent number of people that are willing to just write him off straight away for if if he wins his headers, they're not decent enough, you know, and if it's but when Surloff wins his headers, oh look, well he's just as good as Christian Benteke, yet, you know, then they're they're no way more effective. So I'm I'm struggling to see the argument for binning Benteke and putting Surloff in. Sure. Go on, DR we'll uh, we'll wrap this <laughs> Yeah, final point. Um all the Serloff one headers, etc. He's only one, what was it four headers? We're acting like he won like fifteen as well. So yeah, nothing to get too excited about. He's only won four headers. Um, and as Albert said, it's not all about it's not all about headers as well. It's about the striker itself and what they could bring to the team. So I don't think Serloff does bring much to the team right now anyway. So give Ayu a chance. I, I like I like him. I like to see him get a run of games. But at the same time, you're quite right. I'd like to see Ayu as well. You know, what's the point of signing a player if you don't see him? So um, I'm hoping, well, hopefully both have got a part to play uh, throughout the course of the season. Of course, it wasn't just Benteke missing big chances. Uh, James McCarthy in the first half, DR. You must have thought that one was in. Yeah, 
I expected that to go in. James McCarthy, you know, he's normally clinical in front of goal, but it was just unfortunate. And today, that was it, basically. In the first half, if we did take our chances, it would have been a different game, but we just didn't. And it actually cost us in the end, which is unfortunate. You know, Jimmy Mack in them situations, just anyone really, even Benteke in that situation, you need to be scoring that if you're professional football in the Premier League. But he shot it right at uh, Ben Foster. And yeah, even Roy Hodgson said it. We were really good in the first half. And then in the second half, I think um, us missing chances actually ended up um, costing us the game. Well, Darcy, obviously I'm talking about MacArthur missing a, a chance and it was a very, very good chance. But, you know, he's a, he's a hero for a lot of Palace fans. He's very well thought of. But when you look at the fact we've got, you know, Cheikh Kuate on the bench and we've got Max Meyer on the bench, is there, you know, is he one where his place is at threat, do you think? I think it probably is kind of medium term, long term. I think you can't really drop him after the first couple of games this season. Um and the end of last season as well, but he's he's just he's been playing well. I I still thought he was one of our best players, if not the best player today. So, um, yeah, I think it would be a bit unfair to drop him based on his performances so far. I, and, I just, uh, understand that. I mean, yeah. I suppose in terms of ability, I don't know. This is what I keep getting caught when I start thinking about it. I think of him as a as a real hard-working player, you know, as you, you'll always get 100% out of him. He's box-to-box. He's got so much energy, you know, puts in a great challenge, but also he's good going forward as well. But I can't help but think when you look at the quality of a player like Max May, when you look at a quali- the quality of, that Cheikh Kuerte has, that, you know, realistically, are we re- rewarding effort over ability? And is there a danger that by doing that, and, I, and I'm thinking of Jeff Schluck in these terms as well, are we perhaps... You know, are we perhaps keeping our better players on the bench just for the sake of it, really? Or, or, or is it, you know, am I being unfair? Sorry, I didn't really ask anyone that question. I just, I've just done my brain. <laughs> I think it's a bit, if you're looking, it's a bit harsh if you want to drop uh, Maka due to his performances. And I think you su- suggested that he doesn't bring that much into the team. Well, you can actually. If you look at Luca this season, has Luca been, you know, is Luca playing at his best football as well? You could actually hint, can we drop, uh, should we drop Luca? Because today he was abysmal. Well, if you're looking at performances, well, let's talk, if you, let's talk, yeah, let's talk about If you're looking that, at performances, you know. Luca today was, you know, he, he was really bad. But, you know, both, both, I thought, I thought Luca's worse than Maka. So I think we should look at more about performances rather than what they can bring onto the pitch. That makes sense, Albert. What's your thoughts? Uh, I, I certainly don't think that Chequiarte and Jordan I and well, more more um, it's more Quiarte and Meyer than it is Jordan I. I. I don't think they're being kept on the bench um, because you know Roy doesn't consider them first teamers. I think it's more probably the fact that you know it's more of a blend them in slowly, let them get up to speed, let them have a bit more preseason, and then I'm under I'm under no illusions that. We'll probably see the likes of Schlupp and and MacArthur, you know, probably end up on the bench in place of those two. You know, depending on the system, depending on the team we're playing. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, like I say, I think it's I think it's probably only the way it is now, just out of familiarity and and not wanting to change too much too early, and um, you know, giving the guys a bit of a chance just to settle in before chucking them in at the deep end. Do you think? Um, do you think maybe Luke is it is. Is it the World Cup that's affected Luca and his start, and the fact he hasn't had the full pre-season? 
Um, plus, he's also played all summer. What do you think is perhaps missing Johan Kabay? I think it's probably six of one, half done than the other, to be honest, because, you know, he's been he's been used to playing with Kabay since, you know, day dot when he got at the club. And, you know, if Kabay was fit, he was second, third name on the team sheet. And, you know, you, you, do, you do build up those sort of relationships and that sort of, you know, without having to, you know, think too much about where a player's going to be. And they probably had a, you know, you could see certainly towards the end of last season, and and I include MacArthur in this, there was a great, great understanding between those three players. So, yeah, that's probably a part of it. And that's why you're probably seeing James MacArthur sort of staying in, you know, because to lose, to take a buy out and to take MacArthur out, you might find Luca even more at sea. Um, I mean, yeah, he was he was poor today. And, he, like I say, and going back to your World Cup, point yeah he's probably still a bit still a bit sort of raw from that and you know he's been dropped from the squad because it sounds like he's had a bit of trouble with the manager so it's probably just a few factors that you know that's given him a bit of an you know an off period but you know all, all footballers go for a bit of a dip in form and as, as great as he is he's not um you know he's not perfect no I suppose, I suppose not but again I suppose DR's making a good point that you should be looking at performances and if someone's gonna gonna drop out it should be the player who's playing worse but I don't know, it's a lot, lot to think about there because the midfield really did fall apart. And I suppose that answers my next question, really, which is, you know, it was a decent first half. What on earth happened with the second half? What, what you know, did... I don't know, well, what my thoughts are that Watford changed it up a bit. Um, and I, and I, I can't really put my finger on what they did, which is a little frustrating. Um, but they just seemed to have a little bit more space. And, uh, you know, they... They must have done something to. They, they, I think they stopped pressing quite so, so high, so quickly, and they they kind of dropped off into some spaces. And it allowed, you know, there were some massive great gaps in our midfield, which was really disappointing to see. Um, and again, when you and we'll get into analysing the first goal next, and it was, it was a huge long gap that Capua had to run into, and. The only challenge he got was was a real half-hearted challenge from Luka Milivojevic. It just just kind of bounced off him, and I don't really know. You know, that's, that's so unlike us to have. We usually got these two solid banks of four that the Roy keeps the gaps between players nice and small. It's all really well organised, and it just went out the window. And I, I say I think perhaps there was some sort of positional shift from Watford that unsettled us a little bit, but basically it, it just looks so so poor. And obviously, it's a great finish from Pereira. We've we've talked about that, but you know, Dr. From from your perspective, again in the stands, it's it must have been a little bit soul destroyed to see the team come out and misplace every pass, and then for for the goal to be so easy, uh, must be incredibly frustrating to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I don't think it was. I thought they actually pressured us even more, and they didn't really let us play football. I think that was the main reason, and it seemed like they wanted it more. I'm not too sure why. But that that that's what it seemed like, and in, especially in midfields, we were just getting outrun. If you look at the first goal, the way that um, Coupier just ran past, it's not it's not Luca type. I think performances overall today in, in midfield, and especially um, Luca, it was just so poor that Coupier can actually do that, and it played a massive part, especially in the second half, where it led to Watford just running through our midfield like they weren't even there. So. I think poor poor performances from individuals that they played a part um, to our performance in the second half, and also um, Watford wanting it more. It seemed like the their players were well up for it in the second half. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think that's where we should have been a bit more cynical like them. You know, like Maka and Luca both, yeah, he ran past both of them and they both sort of looked like they were maybe going to just foul him and bring him down, stop him breaking away. And they didn't really. They sort of half went to like tug him or make a challenge and then just let him go. So I think we could have <laughs> like done a bit more of what they did to us there. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. It's you want to see, and that's I hate to sort of say, but it's always been, you know, the best Palace teams have always had that physicality, have always been able to mix it uh, as well as play decent football. And just, what would Michael Hughes have done then? <laughs> we had to take out both of the legs and probably pulled off one of his arms and eaten it. You know, it just, you know, I mean, you don't mess about in those circumstances. The whole take one for the team, you know, take a card, stop the stop the run. Don't just sort of. Now, put half a shoulder in and then just watch him. It's so unlike us. You know, we've got. Can I tell you what's even more infuriating about that? Yeah. Is that it was the softest of challenges, right? It was where well, he should have just wiped him out. I mean, let's, 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 let's prefix this with Kapua shouldn't have been on the pitch, right? But it's such a soft attempt at a challenge from Luca, yet the referee still <laughs> looks, plays on advantage like he would have given it for a free kick anyway. When it was the so- it was the softest <laughs> challenge that wouldn't have even warranted a free kick. Pounding <laughs> the misery. Yeah. It's yeah, like I say, it's uh, it's it's unlike Palace, and I'm sure Roy will uh, will be getting into the team about that because you you cannot if you're going to concede a goal you you've got to make your opposition work for it. You can't just hand it to them on a plate like we did there. And unfortunately, we've we've gone behind. And what you want to see is you want to see a response. What well, you want to see a response on the pitch. But you also want to see the manager making, you know, making some kind of a change as well. It doesn't have to be a sub; it could be a tactical change. It could be a tactical shift. I'll be honest; I thought we did absolutely nothing. Dr. Did we do anything at all until they scored their second? No, and it was so frustrating because we needed to change something. It was not rocket science. Like I'm not a manager, but all the everyone and probably you guys watching and some people watching on TV, they. They suggest the same thing, and people at the stands they were screaming for it. Like there was, we needed to change up. It just wasn't working. And when we did change up, we we got, we took control of the game, and we actually did score a goal. But it was a bit too late, and it's so frustrating because we've actually got quality players on the bench. Uh, last season, uh, Roy done the same thing, but there's no excuse for now because we've actually got players who can impact uh, impact the game. And just like Max Max Meyer, when he came on, he actually did impact the game. Whereas last season, you could argue, um, would this players actually do anything decent? But yeah, now we do actually have players, but we're not using them early enough to actually well, properly impact the game. It's, it, it, well, to take that on, Darcy, is 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 it a problem? We, we know we everyone look, we love Roy. He's been fantastic for Palace. He's he's a great manager. He's achieved very impressive things with Palace. But this is a, a characteristic of his, isn't it? And is it something that that you find frustrating? Yeah, he is. In, yeah, he doesn't like me making changes they come late uh, a little bit I thought like they weren't making any chances either it was one of those ones where I was like oh we're just kind of getting ourselves like steady ready for like a late push it was sort of like like there was a kind of nothing 10 minutes after they scored and so it wasn't like we weren't throwing the game away but you just want to take the initiative a bit more but uh, yeah I suppose if one way of reading it is, well, we were just like steadying the ship. They'd had a, f- a bit of a few chances before they scored as well. So uh, they didn't really make any chances after that in the game. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, I still would have liked to see a bit more <laughs> attacking. It just to me, he just seems to want to wait. It's the thing, the magic 75 minutes. It's, you know, I mean, I'm not saying I want to go back to the Alan Pardew days of a triple sub or in, in Holloway days of a triple sub as soon as something goes wrong. Um, but, you know, we, we were second best for the entire of that, that second half. We really were. And you can't just wait around and expect something to change. You know, it's, it's that old adage, you know, if you, if you don't change anything, you know, you shouldn't expect anything to get better if you don't change anything. Something like that. What's the adage, Albert? My brain doesn't work. I I'm not even sure where you were going. I can't, it's not ringing any bells. Don't, don't expect the same results if you don't make change. Something like that. It's something along if you those do lines. do the same thing over and over again uh, and expect different same. results, that's madness. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, you knew you'd, you knew you'd know. And I think even I've made it a bit clunkier. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But there was there was warning signs. There was warning signs before before Kapoe went on that nice little maraud through our you know midfield. There was warning signs before that that we were losing the middle of the park, and you know we needed we needed either someone who could hold the ball and get us up the pitch a bit more, or we needed to put someone in there who could you know sort of fight fire with fire. I'm thinking of someone like Kiate, chuck him in there and. And scrap a bit more because Luca and MacArthur, for all their endeavour, you know, looked a bit looked a bit soft and squidgy in the middle. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. And you look at and you look at what happened when Maya comes on, um, and you do wonder what could have been just with a little bit more time. Yeah, absolutely it's, right. In, in Roy's post match comments, he said, "Oh, if, if you know, if the game had gone on a, a sort of another five, 10 minutes, I'm really confident we'd have got an equaliser. It's like, well, we'll make the subs five or 10 minutes earlier then. Yes, it's infuriating. Is they don't, games tend to stick to the rough 90 minute pattern, don't they? So you just. I have found that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, quite, it's that. quite a common, common thing. Uh, it's, it is a very frustrating characteristic of Roy. And I have to say, it's not always been a bad thing. I think. Certainly, fans can be very impatient, and it, and it also there's there's the expectation that by changing things you'll make it better. Well, that doesn't always does also doesn't always work, does it? Sometimes you change something and it makes it worse. But I think we were in a position there where, you know, I think certainly following the game the way I was, it was the entire of Twitter and Facebook was asking where the subs were, and. Yeah, the irony of the fact that Watford were making a sub before we were just as they scored. And look, second goal, it's a fluke, okay? It is a fluke. The, he's whipped the ball in and, you know, you've, you've got to ask questions of the keeper in that situation. I'm sorry, but you do. Um, for a for a keeper of that height to effectively fall backwards, not jump. You know, he, he he's either in the wrong position or he's not reacted well enough, but it's it's certainly poor goalkeeping. I thought you were saying the wrong profession. <laughs> not quite that bad. He's been he's been great, but uh, that to me that to me was a mistake. And look, I, I was very frustrated by it because you know it was in a it was in a period where we were crying out for a change, and the game was lost by inaction, by inactivity, by not making that change. We we didn't give ourselves a chance, and we went two 0 down, and it's too far. It's too far and too late by that point, Theo. It's with the, with that second goal at the stadium. Yeah, I thought it was like full full on Hennessy's fault. But looking back at the replays and the way that the ball dipped in, even like even with Hennessy's height, it's, it's just a bit too hard to, for Hennessy to actually catch that ball because 
the dip was just in, like incredible. It was not even meant to be a short. It's meant to be a cross. So um, Holobus didn't even mean that as well. So I don't know. I just, I don't know whether it's all Hennessy's fault. I just don't think it is. Like the dip was very hard for Hennessy. It made it very hard for Hennessy to catch the ball. No, look, I, it, it wasn't. Look, I'm not saying it was easy. I'm just saying I, I personally would say that's that's keeper error. Um, but I, I can understand the argument that it's it's difficult. It was a fluke. It wasn't intended. Those things are all true, but again, at the top level, there's, there's very fine margins, in, you know, between success and failure, and that was one of them. Um, so there we go. Disappointed, Darcy. What did you reckon? Was it Edison at fault, or were you uh, you giving the benefit of the doubt there? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, uh, I think it was right in the corner, um, but it came a long way, and uh, yeah, he didn't didn't get that close I mean the other thing I it looked to me like PVA I don't think he's going to be able to block it but it looked like he thought it was going past the post and didn't jump on the line either I, I don't think he's going to get up there because it's too high but it was a it also looked to me like he misread it a bit uh, well. fair point I think it just that goal probably sums the game up for us though you know it was just it's sloppy we haven't we haven't stopped the ball coming in and it's just you know, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of what ifs and buts and all that kind of stuff. But it just, yeah, it wasn't good. Um, and I think that's the, 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 the sort of best thing I could probably say about the game is it wasn't wasn't good. But to let, you know, these things happen. It's it's only one game, and uh, it was a disappointing performance. But ultimately, you know, it's it's not that long till we play play another match. Um, okay, let's look. We, we did we did score. Um, it was directly after a change. Mayer comes on. Uh, for Jeffrey Schlupp. Um thought he linked really well with Zaha straight away. Obviously, Wilf peeling out to the left hand side as Dr was talking about earlier. Lovely bit of interplay, Dr. And great, great goal from Wilf, isn't it? Again, leaving people in his wake. Lovely finish through the legs of the keeper. Uh, just class, really. Yeah, it was a great goal. Um, imagine that goal was scored against Wayne Hennessy, though. It was like I understand it, it was a good finish, but it was a bit too easy from Ben Foster. It went through his legs. Yeah, but the thing is, as, my, as soon as Maya comes on, the game did change, and Maya was involved in a goal as well by giving the ball to Zaha and assisting him. It just shows that, and even though that happened, I still fear that Roy wouldn't change. And as you said, Chris, is the seventy-five mark, etc. That's when he does his substitutions, and I don't know why, but yeah, hopefully this might you know, put something into his head and he might consider changing his tactics um, before before the 75 mark. But yeah, if imagine it was 10 minutes earlier, the game could have been, it could have been a different game. It, like with five minutes added on, we could have actually nicked another goal. But I don't know. It's just, it's, it's disappointing after Maya comes on, we do all that, but it's just for nothing. Yeah, you're right. It, it was, it was for nothing. But as we mentioned earlier on, Albert, it could have been for something with Joel Ward right at the end there. Do you think that one was in? Oh, Joel. <laughs> um, did I think it was in? I mean, yeah, I was, I was, I was, uh, you know, one arse cheek off the sofa, up, ready to celebrate. And it's the, you know, it's that, it's that cruel, cruel perspective watching it on the TV where, it, it, you know, you, you you don't know that it, or you only find out that it hasn't gone in until you see it bouncing off the advertising hoardings. You know, such is the such is the sort of perspective. And um, I mean, 
I don't, I don't know if you saw it at the end it, on the final whistle, it cut to him and he looked like he'd lost the cup final, bless him. He was sort of border, borderline tears and, you know, yeah, it's it's disappointing, but, um, you know, it's Joe Ward, isn't it? You know, he's a right back. He's not, he's, he's not necessarily who you look to, you know, when you've got a, a free header in the box. So, I, I mean, I haven't looked and I, I don't know if he's getting pelters online or, but again, imagine if that was Christian Benteke, he'd be, He'd be locking himself away through fear of leaving his house, I imagine. Um, yeah, it's disappointing. And you say what what could have been. It could have been a really salvaged, decent two yeah, points. Absolutely fair. Uh, points, yeah, a point. Point, a, sorry. Point. Yeah. So that's what you get for a draw, isn't it? Apparently, yeah. I've, I have found that. I have found that. D.I.D.'s hand up, then he put it down again. I, was, I, was, I just <laughs> want to know what he was going to say. Is he going to come uh, yeah, where's Scott down when you need him? That that was such a, like a Scott down moment right there. Like Scott down with headers. Yeah, it was disappointing overall. Um, but I was celebrating <laughs> even though I was on the ground. I was about to celebrate, and then I was, loves a miss. Yeah, loves and, a miss. And, then, <laughs> and then yeah, it went out wide. I think everyone. Oh well, where I was sitting next to the corner flag, everyone there was um, thought it went in, and it's just so disappointing. It just sums up the game. It just was an odd day. Did the three thousand Watford fans that were there go ah? <laughs> Oh, they were Why horrendous. They're absolutely there? horrendous. Why are there so many people dressed as seats? What's happening? I, Unbelievable. I, I don't know. It's just, even the sport, like, for it, like, they were just awful. They sang after, right after they scored, that's when they sang. And then after that, they, they went all silent again. And then uh, they said, Zah, what's the score? Apart from that, I can't really remember what they did. They were silent all game. Didn't even know what the bloody score was. I mean, <laughs> useless. It's inappropriate to ask a player who's on the pitch as well, isn't it, really? They should, they should be able to check the internet or something. Yeah, come on, man. It's silly. Um, I'm going to sort of leave the review there, other than to go uh, through and see who you thought our, our best player on the day was. Darcy, who was your Palace man of the match? Um, sounds like DR disagrees, but I think probably MacArthur. I don't think anyone was much above... Seven out of ten, but I thought he, you know, he did his usual, got up and down, uh, did some good stuff. All right, Albert. Um, I thought Townsend service was was good initially, but it sort of, you know, it then became a case of either being over hit or being woefully under hit. Um, I, t- I tell you, I, not bec- I mean, he got he came on and got an assist, but I thought Max Mayer just looks just looks like a I can see again. I'm not getting carried away, but you know, the, the, just from his stature and the way he holds the ball, the sort of comparisons to Messi. I mean, there's a certain there's a certain quality of player where you know I think probably nine eighty percent of Premier League footballers take a touch and then turn and look up and move. Max May is one of those players who's taking a touch and turning and looking up all within like you know a, a heartbeat, and um, he just looks like he's got real quality and real awareness, yes, and um, he doesn't. You know, doesn't just doesn't lose the ball, does he? You give him the ball, doesn't he, lose the ball. He's able to protect. Put in a beautiful it. challenge that you know someone else should have put in on on a couple of the Watford midfielders, you know, and and, and bought a yellow. Um, yeah, he just looked like a different, you know, a different league. And whoever loses their place to him in the long term, you know, shouldn't feel too aggrieved. I don't think. <laughs> no. All right, dear, your uh, your favourite Palace player of the day. <laughs> it's so hard. I honestly don't know. Um... I you thought, can say none of them. <laughs> what? No, to, no man of the match. Yeah, you can if you want. It's, uh, it's a bit. I, I'll give it. I'll give it to Maka for his um, determination. He was running around all game long, and he didn't really stop. But 
no one really, really special. As Darcy said, no one's above a 7 out of 10 today. And yeah, it's just one of them games. But yeah, I, I'll give Maka for his work ethic. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Martin Kelly for last minute call-up. Didn't really put a foot wrong. You know, it was a strong all game. Again, nothing spectacular, but I just I appreciate the effort and the concentration from someone who, who didn't know they were playing until about five minutes before kickoff. So, well done, Martin Kelly. Uh, good stuff. All right, I'm going to try and round up a little bit of contact now. I just mentioned a couple of comments. There might be some questions in there I'll throw it to the, uh, at the panel. Uh, Jake uh, Ebo has been saying, uh, why does Roy wait until we're screwed to even think about a sub? Well, I, th- I think we've kind of covered most of that. I think we don't really know the why. We just know that he does. Um, we've speculated, obviously Darcy was speculating that it was, you know, let the team settle and let the team sort of maybe build up a bit of momentum, something like that. Um, you know, I guess personally, I think, he must believe that he must believe and trust in the players that are out there. But I think there's, there's little doubt in this game. It really did feel like something that needed to change a lot sooner. And as Albert quite put it, as Roy's wishing the game went on longer, perhaps he should uh, act sooner. Uh, Mark Cole said it really, really must be time to uh, evaluate Benteke's overall contribution. Limited pace to run channels or trouble defenders on the deck. Misses sitters on air, in air and on the deck. What is his function? We're a better team when we play on the deck. Mayer in behind mobile forward, please. DR, I suppose that's backing up all of your comments, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, I think next game, not against... I don't, I don't know it, um, if Roe will actually give uh, uh, Mayer minutes against Swansea because ideally I want I want Mayer to start against Southampton. Um, Jeffrey Schlupp, he didn't really um, give too much today and when Mayer did come on, he was really good. And yeah, that's what I want. I want Mayer to start and I want also Wilf out wide. Um, I think that that's like that will get the best out of Benteke by uh, crossing the balls into him and also get the best out of Wilf as well. Okay, Darcy, this one's for you from Lord Joe Lee. Uh, he's saying the frustrating thing is Benteke is getting into the right positions but not taking chances. Uh, but he's also saying a lot of teams will lose at Watford this year. But this is his point. He reckons that Mayer... Wan Bazaka, Guaita, and Surloth should all start against Southampton. Do you agree with that? Mm, I think let's see who starts against Swansea and let's see who plays well. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I don't think he'll drop Hennessy just for today. Um, but I think long long run Guaita is going to end up number one. But we'll see. Um, Koyati, yes, and I, I, yeah, I think all the new signings should play on play on Tuesday. Um, let's see how they get on and then take it from there. You've just reminded me that um, that we're going to that, aren't we, dear? I've got cold, mate. I can't come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting you, I'm letting you back out of it. Oh, no, why? Not often now. Why are we go like why? <laughs> It's only seven pound fifty and hours and hours and yes, hours away. That's that's the problem. Hours and hours away. In Swans, oh, Swans is so yeah. I don't care, Chris. I don't care. It's going to be horrendous. <laughs> Watch when Ben Tech misses another sitter. Theo, do you know that Swans is <laughs> in a different country? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and got, Just checking. And you've got to take your passport. <laughs> 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 nah, it's their, what's it called? Their writing is a bit weird as well. It seems like some, a little bit of writing. <laughs> Yeah, right, so you're simping Welsh. Have you uh, have you had your your jabs yet at the doctors before we get into Wales? Ah, oh, no. I've, see, that's a problem. That's why, I can't, that's, why, that's why I can't come. They were overbooked on Monday, right, so hey. I couldn't get a jab done. That's a shame. 
Uh, Neil Porter's just saying, if we can't beat a shower like Watford, we'll flirt with relegation yet again. Poor showing all round. All right, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> um, this James show? Macy need... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, we need to find a way to replace... This is James Macy. We need to find a way to replace Benteke Zahan Townsend on the wings with someone in the... Hang on. There's a full stop after Benteke. That's where, why that went wrong. We need to find a way to replace Benteke. Zaha and Townsend on the wings with someone in the middle is the way forward. Make subs earlier when it's clear we're not working. James Macy just backing everything up that other people are saying. So was Daniel Skipsey. Uh, Claire Corston as well saying she can't fathom why Roy's waiting until 2-0 down before we start making changes. Uh, Josh F, who do we sacrifice? How do we reshuffle to make sure Wilf can play out wide? Obviously discuss that at length in the show today, but uh, if you've got any of your own views, do get in touch with those as well through the course of the week. I'm sure we'll pick them up for the preview show and stuff like that as well. Uh, Michael Hart reckon Roy was outmanaged at times today. Uh, hugely disappointing. His loyalty to the starting eleven is actually a detriment to the team. Learn from this, Roy. Not sure you learn much at 71, but maybe he does. Maybe he does. Uh, that's a good name. Pudders still playing. Rip them apart in the first half. Keeper doesn't make one of those saves. We win and everyone is happy. Fine margins. Dust off and move on. Which I quite like. That's quite a positive message. Um, and it does sort of feed into sort of my thinking, really, which is it is one game. You know, it, we lost it. It's frustrating. Um but it was very fine margins. If we actually capitalised on our play in the first half and the referee did his job, I think obviously that's a game we win. But we can't say that. can't keep saying that. If we're saying the same thing next week against Southampton, uh, we've played well, we should have won, or the ref cost us, or blah, 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 blah. You string a few results like that together and things can get very frustrating indeed. But early days. All right. We'll leave it there, I think. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just hoping that Mikey would just sort of cut out the bits where I'm unable to breathe. <coughs> Excuse me. Right, so thank you for listening and thanks to my panel uh, and also to Marky for t- producing. You can subscribe to our show via your chosen podcast apps so you don't miss a thing. With three shows a week, we strongly recommend you do, sh- do so. And if you need any help accessing the show in any way, do let us know. Uh, a huge thanks as well to everybody who got in touch to help shape the show. You can do the same by making sure you engage with the Back of the Nest social media accounts. We'll be back in midweek with both the review podcast, review preview podcast, damn it, and the Love Sport Live show. It's all about you. (laughs) It is all about me. Forget that show. Actually, no, you're on that every week, aren't you, Albert? You're one one of the guys. Definitely one of the guys. Lads. So anyway, the lads. Uh, so yes like I say midweek the preview podcast and also our love sport live show Thursday 7 to 9 and podcast on a little bit later than that and of course we'll be back to review the Southampton game on Sunday thank you very much goodbye baby shark baby it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.